citizens of the verse, today is November 3rd, 2950, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by the mellow man with the plan, Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everyone. So, uh, put down your Moby glasses and take a break. It's time to start the show. Um... We don't have a guest tonight, and we happen to be in an interesting time period right now as the United States is going through its election, so we'll probably keep it somewhat brief uh, for this episode. But, uh, you know, speaking of elections, uh, we had an election in the verse this week. So that was exciting. Um, And the winner was Leilani Addison. Surprise, check off, happy, sad. Who, uh, did you end up voting? You know, I really did not follow that, but from yeah, what I understand, it's not a, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, I didn't know who was going to win personally, but then apparently it sounded like, you know, it sounded as though it was like a shoe-in. Uh, she won with 42% of the vote. <clears throat> so that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Um And, you know, if anyone doesn't know about her, it's sort of her bio, you know, she's actually a scientist, um, former dean of applied science at Mentor University. She was um, essentially she she was dean and professor of integrated science. She was also integrated science and xenotechnology. Um. Part of her platform includes plans to um, for innovation initiatives. So, you know, trying to um, use science to better mankind, um, you know, loosen up restrictions on AI research, increase spending on education and scientific research, increase funding on publicly subsidized universities, strengthen relations between humans and alien civilizations and provide more funding uh, for SynthWorld. She also wants to create a government program to locate the lost human colony ship Artemis. She does not have a political party affiliation. Hmm. So I thought it was interesting. You know, she's a little bit of an outsider. Well, it's funny. We have a virtual election. We have a real election. So a lot of politics. I was a lot less stressed out by the the virtual one. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <clears throat> I wish I wish all elections felt like a virtual election. Yep. Now, um, you know, I I I think you you echoed this in your message to me before we started the show, um, but I actually I don't think I've spent any time in the verse since the last episode, or if I did, it was like one day after. Um, yeah. So I didn't. I don't really have much to report on what I've been up to in the verse. I know, likewise here, but um, yeah, outside of just like as I told you right before I got on, I was just um, happy did a successful character reset, didn't lose much. Happy to oh, have my great. ships back. So just uh, you know, experimenting with different weapon loads, loadouts, uh, just sort of playing around. There's, uh it's not very crowded out there so it's a good time to do it seems like a lot of people taking time off yeah i mean we're getting so close to interesting activities and i think we'll start to see a little bit more action come end of the month i am 
surprised that I am not equipped with any of the stuff that I was wearing the last time, almost as if I went through a character reset. <clears throat> and I don't recall where I left off either. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that's unusual. Uh, uh, are you in the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm on your server, actually. Oh. I'm in Lorville right now. Um, yeah, so I will say, while I haven't been in the verse this week, we, we did have an interesting uh, week for news. Um, you know, there was a new Evocati patch uh, that was over the weekend. Still no Mercury Star Runner in sight, but it is in polishing, so I think we'll see that pop up once this Evocati goes into PTU. I think they'll I think they'll end up doing the same thing where they sort of like give you a sneak peek with the devs and then Evil Cotty get to play with it. And then I think it'll be a matter of time before it's in all of our hands. So I'm excited about that because I do own that ship. Um, <clears throat> but uh, if you follow any if you follow the leaks discord or if you've seen any, any of the leaks, the. Um, the uh, Expo Center at uh, New Babbage looks amazing definitely way different than what we've seen before i think a little bit more um visually appealing it looks like they're gearing up to show off a couple of new ships we've heard about the nomad uh from consolidated outland there's still a tease of an rsi gunship or some other rsi ship that's going to be large so i think we're in for an interesting couple of uh ships that come out um, have you seen any of those picks at all, Chekhov? Uh, no, but is it live? Because I'm going to fly right out there because I have to pick up no. some more. Oh, it's not. No, it's still an Evocati, so, um, you know, I think we'll probably see it in the middle of the week next week or so, or maybe even by the weekend. Who knows? Um, my concept of time is diminishing because I took yesterday off from work because it was my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. No, it's a real life birthday. It's not a character birthday. Yeah. Okay. No, my character was born in, I think, December. So not far off, but, you know, uh, in 2016, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's also why I haven't played a lot, because I went home to Connecticut again. Um, hopefully I won't be back there till Thanksgiving. Well, I won't be back there till Thanksgiving, um, which is good. I mean, I love going there, but... I hate traveling during this pandemic. Um, yeah, yeah so we we also had a ton of great content this week. Um, Inside Star Citizen was one of the best that I think I've seen this year. Um, we were treated to, first and foremost, a look at the new UI for Aegis ships, which looks incredible. Um, and we also saw a prototype of the, the power management system. Did you did you happen to catch that? No, I didn't off? catch. Yeah, I just busy working catch any of it, but <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so first the Aegis um UI sort of they and, and they even said it in the video, they sort of took their cue from how engaging things like Iron Man's UI is. And so they made this really polished looking UI. Tons of information, some fan favorite inclusions are an altimeter that actually tells you the distance from the ground below you instead of, mm. you know, from, from whatever 
they're calculating at normally. Right, right. Oh, that's extremely um, helpful. I, that's extremely one of my helpful. Gripes, yes. Yeah. So many, you know, face plants I had without kind of thinking I'm really far away from the ground. Not yep. really knowing it this close. Yeah, that's that's yep. really cool. So that one's great. And then they, they actually included a compass. Mm-hmm. So you can tell which direction you're facing, both on planet, but also in the galactic plane. Um, ah, would it be nice if they would tell us also relative to OM? So I'm still trying to figure what is OM1 meaning versus OM2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Oh, yeah. You know, like in relationship to like where did the OM start, that would be helpful. Yeah, right. It's sort of like, you know... Um, well, there is no equator, there's no longitude, latitude, right? There are really no coordinates, right? But but at least, yeah. I guess, yeah. if it's a constant OM1 and a constant OM2, and we could sort of map it out, yeah, that would be helpful because it could really yeah. navigate planets much better. Yeah, definitely. I, I almost feel right now that OM1s are not fixed. Like, oh, none of the OMs are fixed, almost seems like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think they... Either the planet revolves and OMs are uh, sort of stationary, or mm-hmm. OMs move. I, I I have no idea. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I hear you. Um, so I would say the other cool thing. So with the interface itself, what was really cool is besides being just like really crisp, really polished looking, like much higher fidelity and looks better for the game. It sort of um, it has like a layered interface. So certain elef- elements, not elephants, elements <laughs> <laughs> will move based on which direction you're facing, um, which is really cool. It's just really, really nice. Like definitely if you haven't already done, I mean, you haven't already done so, but also listeners, if you haven't already done so, it's one of the best inside star citizens. Now, the the energy management prototype was cool. I thought it was going to be different. Like, I was thinking they were referencing an MFD. um, But they weren't talking about an MFD. They were talking about how energy is managed in the ship. And so it was showing a a diagram. First, it showed a diagram of some connected boxes to show sort of like a rudimentary. Um, And what happens is with fuel, fuel essentially powers your ship. And if you run out of fuel or if something happens to um, another system in your ship, you might find yourself on battery power. And so it was showing the dependencies of the different systems. So, for instance, if a certain part of your ship gets damaged and it blows a few relays, because what they showed was all the different relays and how that helps um, route power. Um, then it might kick off one of your power plants, which means it starts draining fuel really fast. And so your lights might start to flicker or turn off entirely. Um, And so in order to get those to work again, you need to reroute or fix the, um, the different, the, the power grid in the ship. So they showed first a rudimentary one, and then they showed what a hammerhead might look like. And so it showed all the different complex interweaving systems. It was surprisingly interesting in the sense that it's, it reminds me of like, in terms of the conceptual nature of the video, you didn't see anything that you'll actually see in game, but it was sort of like that quantum video 
uh, by Tony Z in the sense that like now you're starting to imagine, okay, these power relays go out. The engineer is going to have a really important job. Um, right, right. Well, so that would really interesting. Sense. Yeah, I could never really understand. Like the power plant, my mind is the last thing I ever look to upgrade because I just don't see the value in really upgrading. Are you like quantum drive? Okay, get it. You're moving around faster. But it seems like no matter what I do with weapons or other loadouts, power plant seems to be okay. But what you're saying is that you know it's gonna, it will make a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it'll also show you like an example of a ship with one power plant versus a versus a ship with two power plants. You're going to see a noticeable difference because at least you can still run most of the ship functions with one power plant. You're going to start to lose functionality. Like the hammerhead, you may actually lose the ability to power at least one of your turrets, hmm. which puts you at a, a disadvantage if you're flying sure. a ship that depends on its turrets. So. You have to really work hard to fix the relays quickly uh, in order to um, fix that. So pretty interesting. Yeah, um, that is <clears throat> and then we were also treated this week to a calling all devs. And it was an updated um, discussion of death of a spaceman. So, you know, we've been talking about uh, some of this outdated or older sort of information finally being um, being updated. And, and we, we got treated to not just one of the um, devs, but we also not dev, but like a designer. Um, but also Chris Roberts was part of the uh, conversation. He was talking about the, the new sort of approach to it. And it's not that different. Um, uh, did you have any chance? Did you have a chance to check out that one? Check off? No, no, nothing. No content this week. You need to watch I, at least Nubify or Chekhov. <laughs> I know. I know. I literally had no I content. Know. That was, I was even hesitant. You were saying, <clears throat> let's record. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's going to be a short one. Let's do it. But I literally, no Star Citizen for me this week. But, hey, but I still kind of, as you sort of talking through this, you know, well, one thought comes to mind, right? And I, I never really kind of give it a lot of thought, but think about it. The the more complex the game gets, right, the more functionality they bring into the game. Like, how do you envision a, a rookie coming into this for the first time? Let's say someone you, that never played Space Sims altogether. Like, even if you played a Space Sim, this is going to be way yeah. different. Than just, any of the others yeah like you you would not like if you're not gonna be a part of the org or have like a mentor to really take you around you're gonna be completely lost i mean i you know i just it's don't see lot. anybody yeah it's a lot but that that goes to show you that like there's going to be richness and depth in in different professions and it's gonna mean something to be to to actually learn how to do things well um, so in this episode, you know, what they sort of talked about, and it's, it's a little bit of a change in some respects. And, and it's actually been a question in my mind, um, the entire time, just trying to be like, well, how's this going to work? So the idea is permadeath is real. And what happens is when instead of dying like we do now and it's just like straight death, we're going to um, have a down state. 
right? So instead of immediately bleeding out and then you're dead and you go back to wherever you came from, in this instance, you might bleed out and lose consciousness. And if you're with some friends and like there's a Carrick, they can heal you or they can give you some sort of stabilizer to stop the bleeding. And then you have to go to a hospital long term, but then there's knock on effects. And they even talked about sort of like if you break your arm, it might start as like a small fracture and you might see some, you know, um, performance changes to how you shoot with that arm. But then long term, it's going to start to suffer greater effects, and it might even get to the point where you might have you might lose the arm when you're healed, um, and might have to have some sort of um, you know actual um, cybernetic. Right. Oh wow, that's cool. Well, but, you know that that functionality exists in many many games. We just yeah. you know Star Citizen haven't really been you know putting too much into the character itself. Yeah, you know, where yeah. You know, your typical FPS stuff, you know, there's yeah, there but, are bandages, there you know, medicine, all that. Kind exactly, of stuff. exactly. And then they started talking about sort of how you can choose if if you're downed and you're you're somewhere where maybe you can put out a a, a beacon or something and and hope someone comes and gets you. But if you don't want to wait, you can essentially respawn. But what that means is your body is dead. Um, but what happens is you're going to be cloned. Hmm. And so, you know, wherever you last went to, you have the option of going to the hospital, storing your DNA there, and then they can clone you. But every time they clone you, it degrades your DNA. So after a certain amount of clonings, AKA, it's sort of like having a number of lives. Um, and what you're, going, you're going to degrade your DNA to the point where you can't be cloned again. And so okay. at that point, it's permadeath. And with permadeath, what happens is your lineage stays on because someone inherits your... Um, all of your funds, your ships, everything. So you, you, when you create your character, you will define who your next of kin is. And then that becomes your new character is your next of kin. And so oh, it's, you okay. sort of keep your history. Like if you accomplish something really great, then, you know, originally, like if it's way too geeky did this, uh, you know, killed, uh, they always say killed the pirate dread Roberts, right? If yeah. Way Too Geeky kills the Pirate Dread Roberts, then my journal as, you know, if Way Too Geeky dies and it's Extra Geeky's my next of kin, then um, Extra Geeky is the son of the person who killed the Pirate um, Dread Roberts, the Dread Pirate Roberts, whatever it is. Um, Interesting. And so you sort of get that like shared history lineage type thing. But they said there'll be a tax, you know, so you'll have like an estate tax just like we do now. Um, so it will come at a cost that's substantial. So that's sort of what they were talking about. They were also talking about sort of the early implementations of things that will lead to this, like, um, you know, our food system right now and sort of our status state system. Um, but then other things will come online that involve 
um, you know, what drugs are in your system. Is there a drug that, you know, stops you from bleeding, which is essentially the med pen is going to not turn into a, oh, my health points go up. Or maybe your health points go up, but it's something that keeps dropping still until you heal yourself. It's a stabilizer. And so that's what what's going to end up happening long term. It, it'll be a focus on that. Um, so it was really interesting. It was good to see. It was also obviously good to see Chris Roberts again because he's been kind of distant lately. Um, but it was a good episode. So those two pieces of content that this past week are, um, you know, really quite good. Um, I'm excited for this week's too because we're going to have, I believe it's a, um, a sprint. First of all, we're going to have our um, – our monthly updates around the PTU as well as um, uh, stars up uh, squadron 42 star citizen <laughs> right, <laughs> that, and the then... whole thing. Um, and then Thursday's episode of inside star citizen. Um, they, that's something about an interaction zoo. I don't know what that is. Oh, I'm guessing it's some sort of tech. Back. I don't think it's animals as much as it's who knows. I think it's, I think it's a test room that they have to test interactions. That's my guess. And a sprint report. Um, and then star citizen live is going to be with the vehicle experience team again. So that's great. Um, so anything and everything spaceship related. Yeah. Um, so we're in for a real treat. really, really, really cool. Definitely have to catch up to that one. Um, yeah, I I check off if there's one thing you do, it's watch that Inside Star Citizen or at least a Nubifier video with it. But I would actually say watch the whole Inside Star Citizen. It's also a little bit longer, and it was because it was the Halloween version. Um, Jared was back with um, what's the character Count Count Disco, and it was actually really kind of funny. Um, usually it's kind of, um, like, you know, a little cheesy and it was cheesy, but he was for some reason, particularly funny this time. So I kind of appreciated the humor. Um, yeah, so that was the content this week. Um, we didn't really do anything for science. Did you check off? I don't think I was, as you were talking, I'm trying to think uh no I, I can't say that we really did oh well there was a real uh a car if you if you call that for science so for some reason aaron's halo disappeared believe it or not and i searched up and down for it i, I don't know if you were in game at that point or not but it must have been a server but i have to report that i found it again and it's alive mm -hmm. and well but not as dense as it as it was before. I don't know. There's something different about it. Uh, I still have to do some additional research, but I know you know. No matter where I came out between Cruel Five and Delamar, there were plenty of asteroids. Pretty much the yeah. whole spectrum. Now it's like literally you have to hit it on uh, you know in a certain spots. So it almost seems like they thinned that area out. Don't know if it's done on purpose or. Or is just well, a, something with this patch? I mean, the thing you have to remember is the real Aaron's Halo isn't in game yet. Oh, okay. 
you know, that's like a placeholder, and I don't think it's actually Aaron's halo. It's sort of in the spot, but I actually think that's a belt related to Levski. Okay. Um, right, because if you look at the star map, right, it shows as it, it's a belt that goes all the way around the planet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems, but, so, I'm actually but I, I don't know why everybody calls it that. I guess the Because it's like it. the closest approximation of it. Yeah. Um, Aaron's halo. Uh, it could it could be Aaron's halo? I thought Aaron's halo was further out. Well, no, we he, yeah, Earth uh, kind of pointed it out first in his videos, and it was approximately five hundred, about half a million away from. Delmar. Either way, the the true Aaron's halo is going to be extremely dense because um, you actually need to go through gateways built by um, built by Arc Corp in order to get through. So you can't actually um, quantum through Aaron's Halo. Okay. All right. So, so we'll I, see. Yeah. It seemed like they went in the opposite direction right now. So we'll see what it yeah. has become. Yeah, exactly. Now, I thought since we have a, a, a shorter episode this week, maybe not. We're not quite in the specialty episode zone yet, but I thought maybe we could theory craft or talk a little bit more detail about one of the mechanics um, in game or one of the gameplay loops, whether it's in game or, or coming at some point. Is there anything in particular uh, you, you want to talk about? I, I would imagine it's mining. But yeah, mining. I mean, yeah. If you, I guess we could break it down from uh, you know ship mining to vehicle mining. So I guess we too we we can talk about rock mining. I think you had enough of a hands-on with the rocks so to. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I've talk had about I've had them. plenty rock hands-on mining. I haven't lately because it's actually been giving me a hard time. Although now that I've got my character back, I probably could do it again, but I haven't. Um, well, I mean, let's think about it from this perspective, too. It's sort of like the size and scope of mining. So mining right now, uh, for those who don't know, is probably the most fleshed out gameplay loop. And it's only fleshed out to a degree because we have a lot of different options to mine. So you have hand mining. You have ship or you have uh, vehicle mining and then you have ship mining. And so right now with hand mining, you know, you have a multi-tool with a with a mining attachment. It um, it picks up small rocks right now only in caves. They used to be outside of caves, too. Uh, they're also actually on some asteroids. So they're sort of like little nubs on asteroids as well. Yeah, somebody, by the way, did report, I forgot which one of our org members, they actually found the hand mineable on the planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's been, they've been really rare. rare to find. Yes, very, very rare. Um, but they do exist. And so with those, you break them apart, they, they fit in your personal inventory, and then you go ahead and store them in your backpack or whatever you have, or you could create a box and put it in your on your ship. Yeah, so they, that's the interesting part of it. I know a lot of people don't realize that you can, you know, if you look at the amount of money you can make, again, kind of goes 
same as really what you like to do if you focus and get good at something. You can actually make quite a bit of money doing even hand mining and by making boxes. Because mm. if you think even I think without the, making boxes, I think it's a good 30, 40k. Yeah, it is. I, I think Hadonite, right? It's about 35k at least, if full full rucksack of it. And and think about it. If you make a a, a box, uh, that's probably the doubling that, right? Yeah. So if you kind of you know uh, park your ship right next to a cave and go down there, you know, mine. Hopefully, don't break any legs and don't get lost. Uh, so you come out, make a box, go back out. That's a seventy k run. Seventy k run this day and age is uh, it's not bad. Right? Even thirty to forty k though. Is- especially early on, like it feels like the game right now um, is built around, you know, like mining, you make the most money either with a rock or a prospector. Right. Um, But I feel as though if you're, if you think about it from the perspective of once the game's released and you're new to the game, you're probably dealing with a starter ship you probably don't even have storage in the ship, you know, maybe, maybe to store your rucksack. And so mining is relatively inexpensive to get started with. You go yep. hand mining, you get a few, um, you know, a few thousand. It's pretty close, you know, if, especially if you're staying Orville, then you go to one of the moons where the caves are, um, or even on Hurston, there's caves. So it's not a far flight. It's relatively inexpensive to do. It takes a little bit of time, you know, especially if the cave is big. You know, I would always recommend going with a small group and then splitting the profits, you know, two or three people, especially if someone knows the cave well. But um, even if so, it's something that you can do solo. Now that's now. Imagine, I imagine it'll become more profitable once they start adding in something dangerous in caves because there are there are going to be little beasties in there um but yeah, then the next tier oh i just hit my wine glass the next tier up is the rock so the rock you need a ship that can carry it you need a rock the rock's relatively inexpensive you could probably a couple sessions of hand mining you know if you're if you're do- doing it pretty diligently can probably yield you a rock. Right. It could. Well, for now it does fit in a freelancer, which everyone yeah. has, but let's, let's say freelancer. But everyone won't once we start. Yeah. So, right. Right. So that would unless be, unless you start with a, uh, I, I think that's why a good starter ship will be the, um, caddy black. Yeah. The cutty for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that would make sense. And, and yeah, and it's a nice, it carries a decent amount of cargo. It fits the rock nicely, even though it was bu- uh, recently was buggy for some reason. Don't know why. Mm. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. But my my only issue with the with the rock, and I think I said it before, it's the um, from an efficiency standpoint, I would still prefer a prospect, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a sort of it's a ship. You, don't you get have to, to get out of it. Right from yeah. point A to point B, you come back, you sell. With uh, and even if something happens to the ship, either I die, ship gets destroyed. I go, I go wherever I end up. 
I, I claim it, it's back, right? Where where mm-hmm. when you have a vehicle, it becomes a little bit more, uh, no, no, not complicated, but just more time consuming, right? Because if you if your ship got destroyed, you know, let's say with the rock or just a ship and the rock is somewhere left on a planet. So you, you have to go, well, you have to claim the ship. And now mm-hmm. l- let's say you, you're in PO, right? You cannot get a ground vehicle out there. So now you have to fly somewhere where you can get the the rock out, which is mm-hmm. you know one of the planets, right? So and and that may not be necessarily a good planet that you can mine on. So as an example, you know you could get rock around the yeah. Crusader out, right? But you don't necessarily want to mine around the Crusader, you know. Then you end up going back to like my favorite spot so far to mine with the rock would be Ariel. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I don't plan this out carefully, I may end up with a ship on PO. Then I have to go, you know, get my rock out the Bezdak, then back out. So, in other words, not 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 a very efficient way uh, to get back in if you if you're dealing with 30ks or ship crashes. Yeah, but then again, I mean, since we're theory crafting here, you know. We we're not really going to have to worry about 30k's as much in the future, um, and we'll be able to. Oh, geez, sorry, I hit my I hit my mic. Um, we're also not going to have to worry about get picking up a rock because you can spawn it in your vehicle long term. Yeah, well, right, and even if you can, you're right. Outside of the let's say what I just described, a bunch of bugs, right? Ships blowing up or or despawning, right? So let's assume, right, we're 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 in a state where those bugs are gone. Then, then I agree with you. Then all it takes is the proper planning, and it could be just as efficient. Now yeah. you can't just say, okay, I just went to bed or or, or locked out, wherever. No, you're gonna have to figure out. Well, what am I doing tomorrow? Like for give you a good example, I consciously went to bed at Levski because I knew that I wanted to take my prospector out and go back to Aaron's Halo, and it's right mm. there. So I know I could mine there. I could go right back and sell at Levski. So again, you know, the, you kind of have to plan out not, not only your your current play, but kind of what, what do you want to do next time you play? If you yeah. really don't want to waste a lot of time getting ready, you know, if you want to kind of yeah. get back into action. Yeah, especially like I'm essentially wake. I woke up and I'm doing a trade route, so I it didn't matter where I was. Cause that's, it's, it's one of the points of my route. Um, you know, I think the other interesting thing, I mean, if you think about it, once you get to the rock stage, there's more complexity because not only with the rock, do you have, um, you know, you have to have a ship and then there's the rock. Um, but then you also have to potentially have an environmental suit that will cover you in the weather, you know, you look at Ariel, which is one of the better places to mine with a rock and it's hostile environment. You have to have a Pembroke armor. If you want to be out there any lengthy amount of time, or you're traveling back to your ship to, to cool down. Yeah. So I found that the hard way I, I thought Novico, what's the big deal of, uh, you know, heavy suit is a heavy suit. Well, not really. No, not, yeah. not when you're mining. Nope. That's on a cold environment. If you were on Yella, the Novakov would be yeah. fine. 
and and it, ha it has to be everything. So what I did is, I, and it was totally oversight. I, I put on the Pembroke, but I forgot to change the helmet. And I'm seeing why is my clock going down fast? So same thing applies inside the game. Is in real life? You're gonna not gonna wear a hat. You're gonna lose. You're gonna get cold or hot. And then you also start to dehydrate. So even when yep. you do, even when you do actually make it um, back on your ship, your water supply is down. Yes. So it just requires a lot more planning. It becomes a lot less simple. Then again, though, hand mining, you might need an environmental suit as well, depending on where you're mining. Um, so I guess that that kind of favors why the prospector is nice. And for an entry, quote unquote, the entry ship in the lineup, it's great because you can you can make a huge profit with your prospector. It's it can be quite it it's, it, it's a aptly named ship <laughs> to say the least. Yes, agreed, um, agreed. Then you get the tear up, right? Your the first the the mole, which is a nice multi-crew ship for mining. And right now it's it's nice and it's fun. It's not as profitable as the individual. I'm sure you could find a spot where it is. It's just harder to find. Um something that's worth worth the investment. Um what we don't have yet is the actual um orion which is the large uh oh i got stuck in autopilot approaching lorville uh oh and i don't it's just and you're carrying cargo yep Come on, gotta, yes, Bill, so speaking while you're getting out of your autopilot, so speaking of mining, by the way, we're just kind of giving you a 20,000 sort of a feet view of this because we can get into detail of each, right? We have to talk yeah. about what, what we should be mining, uh, what kind of laser heads, at least when it comes to, oh, yeah, and, you know, uh, prospect. I mean, at least, at least it's so fleshed out that. Like they have that level of detail right now. You know, it's still missing stuff. I have a funny feeling I'm going to explode, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Autopilot uh, is moving me in such a weird way. There you go. I'm and about you thought, to hit a building. Oh, yeah. Well, just blew up. Uh, at least we, we, we have a bug of the week. Actually, we have two bugs of the week. So the uh, take your helmet off function is missing currently. From my uh, F, right click of, yep, it's missing, and uh, I'm running out of water quickly. Mm. Uh, well, now yes, I have the full water supply. So, again, this is a sort of a sneak peek at mining, but I think we should definitely dedicate a full, probably, episode, maybe, uh, you know, more of a Agenda-driven on high-efficiency mining. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Versus we, right we, now we're theory crafting. Exactly. Uh, well, I think what's going to be interesting too is you look. You know, the rumored ship that's going to be coming out is a um, refinery ship, and we're going to be getting refineries and the first tier of refinery gameplay coming up. In a lot of ways, that has a lot to do. I mean, actually, it's not like refining. Refining is a 
profession on its own, it really is in relationship to, you know, getting raw materials. So I think refining will play into mining. It'll probably also play into um, salvage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see how that contributes to it. But I think the Orion brings in an interesting point where now you have a ship that is really for the big haul. And it also sorts out things you don't want. So you don't have to be as efficient in terms of picking high efficiency rocks because you can sort out inert materials. Sure. Um, I'm guessing it'll be expensive to fly. But I think at that point, by the time they do put an Orion, because, you know, they keep talking about they want to finish mining, they want to finish mining before they move on to other things. And it's like, well, what else do they have left? I feel like it's fleshing out the ships. I still feel like there's some missing gameplay. But I think the last thing is changing the way that we locate mineables. Like right now, it's very ad hoc. Whatever happens, you know? And so I think... I think if if we... um, if we see anything really shift, I think it's going to be seeing at least resources clustered together or veins of resources. And then you have to have mixed modes of mining in order to optimize all of the different aspects of it, where you might see a vein that has nodes of hand mineables and nodes of rock mineables and then larger um, areas to break through. So that'll be really interesting. And we're not even, we haven't even gotten to any of like the gases or anything like that. This is all the hard materials. Yeah. It would be nice. It would be a, less of a random gameplay, more of a skills sort of a, you know, as you said, yeah. looking for patterns, finding patterns. Yeah. Well, and then, then once again, that doesn't just contribute to mining. That also contributes to, um, exploration because you know then we're trying to find those veins of resources so that we can mine them and then that also comes to like defense and and controlling things and if you find a certain vein do you put a do you actually use prospectors or do you put down a actual hab and little village and use mining tools um you know automated mining tools with the actual location yeah. Um, so, so it'll I be interesting it'll to see all that like fleshed out. F- fracking almost, right? You build <laughs> Just pulling it back, huh? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anything else you're hoping out of mining to come out? Um. You know, um, long term. No, uh, I think you, we we kind of covered it. Just. Uh, as I said, more more of a skills type of play, where yeah. you can uh, really uh, sort of well, well, like sort of everything else. Like I almost think that when it comes to combat right now, uh, there's quite a bit of skill involved in that. I mean, you have to know your weapon loadouts, really understand flight controls. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really really uh, difficult part of the game that you need to really master. We're mining right now, not so much. I mean, you know, all you have to do is really control your uh, 
you know, uh, throttle somewhat and uh, make sure you make it home in time before Quantanium blows up. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very a quickly learned skill. Uh, so I'm hoping, hopefully, mining will get to the complexity, at least to where combat is right now. Oh, I, I think it will. And and you also have to keep in mind, this is with sort of stat, semi-static commodities, but long term, there's also going to be the skill in identifying what you need to mine and where, because it might sell well in one system and not another. Or yeah, or or by know, the time you mine it and take it to sell, it, it degrades. Yeah, completely changed, and you're like, okay, well now I can't sell it. Now I have to store it, possibly yeah. pay for storage, and then hopefully then take. Then do you it back refine it market. first? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, that, yeah, so it becomes more, more of a, a an economy type of a game. Yeah, which will probably come into play when when the dynamic economy kicks in, because then cargo hauling would also have to be sort of intertwined into that. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I mean, one of the biggest disappointments, and and you know this, Chekhov, for me was that cargo didn't really change in three eleven. We got a cargo location, but it didn't yeah. do anything to cargo. Um, so I'm hoping to see some some elements of that start to really come in, uh, you know, long term. Yeah, I agree. It, it almost seems like a CIG sort of uh, uh, try to force everybody into combat with 3.11, in 3.11. Probably oh, test out that gameplay a little bit. A hundred percent. I think it helps because by doing that, they're getting so mu- many data points that I think will be helpful for them that they hadn't been getting. And rather than wait for Theaters of War to come out, because I think they're going to want to release that in a way that's really well fleshed out so that it's an enjoyable experience and people will play. Because if people don't play it, there's no point. You're not going to get the data you want anyway. Right. So I think that's why they've been so focused on it. Yeah, speaking of um, which, wasn't it supposed to come out like a next patch? Or? It was supposed to come out the first half of the year. So, oh, right. Yeah, so we're way behind on it. Right. Yeah, and they've done play tests, but, you know, it's... It's definitely behind. It's fine. We'll see it come out soon, I think. Hopefully this year. Um, well, with that, then we we have a bunch of questions um, that were asked uh, on Discord, just from two people, however, but there are a bunch of questions. Uh, the first one comes from our regular Greek friend, Georgie, and he asks, what quality of life improvements would you like to see? What do you think, Chekhov? What do you want to see in game? Uh, definitely your your own habitat somewhere, so you mm-hmm. could sort of start, the, you know, put a stake in the ground and you know start having something of your own instead yeah. of these little hostile stays everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it will be interesting once you can have a hab that actually looks like you own it because your things are there. Yeah, like um, I could actually buy a case of water and kind of leave it there. So when I wake yeah. up, I, you know, I can have my water bottle. Or have it stored on your ship somewhere if you have a ship that can store yeah. things like that, if you have a kitchenette. Well, so I actually, I'm looking forward to the ship being. Yeah, but, but I heard if you leave, if you drop bottles on the floor, they stay there. Who told me? I think Sigurd told me that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, is that true? I think I so. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't noticed. I think they persist to a point. Oh, I just went to a hangar, but I had not called any ship. Um, I would say for me, that is exciting. I don't know if I think that's further down the line because you know we definitely need iCash for that. Um, quality life improvement for me. It's it's got to go back to, and I think you'll agree now that I say it. I can't wait for them to refactor the star map. I can't stand the way it works right now. <laughs> it's so uh, buggy. Yeah. I know, but I, I, it's like something that we're we stopped talking about almost. Yeah, it's it is. It was the single most annoying thing when I started playing this game, and it still is because it have not improved a bit. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, I mean, it's been working for me lately, but it's still rough. Um, yeah, but now keep in mind, I play on ultra wides, right? So what happens for me if if we have a big party, you know, and you're all in one spot, I'm trying to get forget about it. I do not see oh, a planet. Yeah. Period. Planet no, because the, the and that's the most annoying part is someone's someone's actual location gets in the way. Yep. Um. So that's the biggest one for me. Um. So then we have a series of questions from Canuck twenty ninety nine. Um. He said he was joking that I could ask them all tonight, but since we didn't get a lot of questions this week, I am going to ask them all tonight. <laughs> uh, so his first one is what is one game mechanic that is yet to be released that you could do without? For example, I like the idea of decontamination showers or something similar in exploration ships. But if the toilet mechanic was abandoned, I'd be fine with that. What about what about you, Chekhov? That, that was his example? Or the, uh, that that was his example. The question. Oh, okay. That was his example. Hmm. Something that is... Uh, interesting, interesting. I mean, I, uh, I, I wanted to say, you know, food and water. It's annoying, but but I think it's a, it's a necessary part of the game. Long term, I would not want to lose it. Yes, it's annoying. Uh, I gotta think about this for a second. I am not sure. I mean, I really. Don't mind they, because to me, uh, uh, anything so far they've announced or are about to release is is only makes it more immersive. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I don't mind any of it. I'll be honest. Well, it, it adds to to me. It adds to the consequences. Like if you're trying to explore with a ship that doesn't have a toilet, you probably aren't going to get very far. And if you try to, you're going to be in trouble. And so I love the idea that you have to really plan um, for your trips. And it, it also comes back to it. Then you start to think, oh, this makes a lot more sense for multi-crew gameplay because multi-crew ships have big kitchens, large amounts of storage. They can go out for a long period of time. Um, and so it's not going to be as easy if you're trying to take a 315 across the verse and explore, you know, different systems, you're not going to get very far. It's the, the fuel tanks are going to be refilling your fuel all the time. And, and likewise, like I, I don't 
love the I don't want the idea of like the first thing I would choose is like the toilet gameplay. But at the same time, I do want that to be there because uh, it's a it's a decision point that you have to make. What I don't want it to be is I don't want it to be so burdensome that you have to eat once every four hours and then you have to use the toilet once every two. And so, you know, you find yourself. Well, listen, what if my metabolism is better? First of all, I'm not going to take any toilet play until they announce the toilet paper. So, and I haven't heard them say anything about that. It's going to be three seashells. Oh, okay. No, I'm joking. That's from Demolition Man. I, I know. The movie? No, it wasn't Demolition Man. Wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, Fifth Element? Or was it no. Demolition Man? Oh. It was Demolition Man. Oh. I was okay, like, what's with the three right. seashells? Yeah, you may be right. Yeah, yeah. What's with the three seashells? We still <laughs> yet to find out. Hey, listen, give us something, but there's got to be something, or yeah. or actually, you know, it's it's a virtual toilet. So I have we we we're gonna have virtual bowel movement. So then we don't yeah. really need toilet paper. Anyway, I think we're spending way too much time on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess in short, I don't think there's one I would go without. Unless it's yeah. a mechanic that I don't care about, like piracy. I don't care about piracy, but I also want pirates to be in the game because they'll make it exciting. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, you have to. It's sort of, uh, you can't, yeah. That, that, then it would be uh, uh, a one utopian society. I mean, it'll be too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta, exactly. Yeah, the, the, more, the more we discuss, the more I think about it. It was a great question, but uh, I, I, I think they're, so so far they've been spot on. I'm sure we'll we'll find something if we really dwell on it. Yeah, probably. But I can't think of one right now. Um his next question is do you think Arena Commander or Theaters of War will be treated in game like racing? So people will be able to compete in these like as leagues and players will be able to watch and be able to wager on matches. What do you think, Chekhov? Do you think it's going to be an in-game thing? I, uh, uh, I I think, yes, as far as like leveling up and being able to ultimately, because at the end of the day, why not? You know, if you have a decent FPS play, why not keep you here instead of losing mm. you to, you know, uh, some other games that are out there? Uh, I'm not sure about watching it. I still get to figure out how we're going to watch racing. I mean, it all sounds mm. great in theory. Not sure how entertaining it will be, but I uh, uh, don't think we'll be watching that. Uh, but yeah, I could see, uh, you know, uh, different private rooms forming, maybe even, you know, depending on the, uh, on the, on the, I guess, the quality of play. Maybe I would say mm-hmm. leaks forming around that, possibly. Well, but, yeah. I would say it could potentially turn out that way. And the, the reason I say that is because long term, it won't be a choice that we make on in menu. So long term, the idea is to play theaters of war, any of the other games within the game. It would be with a sim pod, which you see now at Microtech, those little sim pods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so maybe they would have a place where you go. I can picture them having a place almost like an arcade or something where you can go. Mm-hmm. And because they have the um, the ability to take 
screens from one place and display them other places, you know, you might be able to actually see what someone's doing in game at this location Mm -hmm. and maybe bet on it. Um, Who Hmm. knows? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, that would be really cool. I mean, if you put in the whole... That would be some meta stuff right there. Yeah, if you bring, bring a whole betting component to the game, yeah, that does take it to an interesting level because now to, to talking about when you get bored of just, you know, doing stuff in the game, if you could just, you know, bring in a gambling component, that kind of, again, keeps you inside this environment and yeah. you're literally sitting back and doing nothing and just watching and gambling, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of well, cool. And what are those different modes for? They're for you to practice flying in a safe way that's not that doesn't ne- negatively impact your character. You can practice, you know, um, actual, um, you know, shooting people and yeah. not having to impact your character. So that's true. At you the very uh, least, they're practice. Uh, speaking about, you know, um, sort of things happening in game, you know, when I looked at Star Citizen for the very first time, I was actually under the impression that Squadron 42 and PU was really one, meaning the way the way I envisioned it, which is now, obviously, I know it's not the case, is actually, that's a story mode version, right? And whatever mm-hmm. happens there, actually, the ships that you fly, the, uh, the character that you have, you can uh, sort of take it right into PU, you know. That's my understanding, actually. Oh, really? So, but I yeah. thought that's that. So, so that is the ultimate vision. Okay. That's my understanding, at least. So, 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 what you're telling me, if I got to a certain level in Squadron and I earned a ship, that's it. I could take it right over to PU. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, that's cool. I think Squadron is supposed to be your entree into the PU. I think they don't intend, even though you can have PU without Squadron, I feel as though they're going to do a lot of the training within Squadron because, you know, it's first first person and, and um, you know, you can have all these tutorials. But either way, I do believe you carry the character between the two. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Which is weird because everybody plays the same campaign, so it's like, huh? Well, but but what you just said makes a lot of sense. Remember, we we talked earlier in this episode about the complexity of the game and how more and more complex it will get and how difficult it will be for the newbies to get going. So, yeah, if a Mm -hmm. squadron really takes you through a nice story mode tutorial, and once you graduate, you're definitely ready with PU. Not only are you ready with PU, you're fully equipped. You know, you could yeah. maybe take, let's say, you know, squadron takes you into, you become a miner, you become a, you know, PVP player, whatever the case is. You, you kind of come out fully equipped to handle yourself in PU. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's years away. Yeah, for sure. But we'll have plenty um, of fun getting there, though, so I don't mind. I know, especially I think next year. <laughs> this year will be interesting. I, I'm excited for the uh, IAE, but I think next year is going to be really interesting. Uh, so the next question is looking at the proposed HUD and UI changes from last week. Do you th- feel the UI is being built around wide screens and not laptops or 24-inch monitors? 
Um, so I'm guessing Chekhov, you don't have a POV there since you haven't seen that. Um, I see why Canuck is asking this because it does look like it's a wide interface. Like the interface, um, once you look at it, it, it takes up a lot of the screen. Um, I think they're trying to make it low impact visually, but give you a lot of information. So even though it takes up a lot of the screen, it's kind of lightweight in terms of it's not heavy on the screen. And that's just, that's my guess. Um, but it also, I mean, it would look amazing on a widescreen. Well, uh, I'm such a wrong person to ask because as we speak, I'm staring at my three screens and I mm-hmm. just kind of wish there would be enough. I mean, I, I love it the way it is because it's so immersive, especially in, you know, in flight. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, when I'm, you know, on foot, it's, I don't really care as much. But when I'm, you know, in space, it is amazing. Uh, and but but I deal with uh, all the issues because this game is not designed for ultra wide. Uh, so I have problem with the star map. I have, uh, you know, because the all my um, the the names on top of the characters are much mm-hmm. larger than it, they are with one screen. So it's it's kind of a little bit annoying, but I deal with it because of the uh, what it gives me as far as the, the the whole immersion is completely different. With kind yeah. of joysticks and three monitors, it's very cool. But yeah. uh, so I don't know. I have I have, I have not played this game in months with a single mm-hmm. monitor and with keyboard. So I actually do not know how to fly the plane with using keyboard. Yeah. It's uh, it's not that hard. But I I feel like joysticks are better. Um, I play with mouse and key. I mean, uh, yeah, mouse and keyboard right now. Uh, the next question he had was, if you had the chance to have lunch with Chris Roberts and can give him one unsolicited piece of advice about Star Citizen Squadron Forty Two, what would you say? Get that, get that Squadron Forty Two in beta. Get it into something, but give us a little bit more than 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 what you've given us so far. Because I'll be honest with you, for for me, since the first time I heard about Squadron Forty Two, now it did not move a millimeter. Nothing, not mm. a. Mm. I mean, it's moved a lot. We just don't know about it. Well, yeah, but, you know, what you don't see is, I mean, you know, I, I mm-hmm. get it, but give us People something. make their own assumptions at that point. Correct. Um, I would say over-communicate. Right now we're getting what, you know, we went from feeling like we were getting bare minimum to getting something, and I really think we need more, even more than what we've been getting. I think, you know, like, Give us more info as much as you can. We're a very info hungry audience. Most of the backers are used to the days when you were giving us huge info dumps. We recognize that that could be a barrier to productivity of developers. So we understand that, but just start telling us more. We really want to know more. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I actually would agree with that also because kind of says kind of the, the same thing. 
sort of what I said about Squadron, because I think uh, attraction to this game, it's not only the play itself, but also being a part of the, you know, develop, even though we're not developing anything here, but being a part of this community that's, that's developing this amazing game. And when you so that, you know, disengaged or because of lack of the information, yeah, you mm-hmm. feel like you're really not a part of it anymore, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then his last question is, do you like to wear matching armor sets or do you like to mix and match? What are your go-to ensembles? <laughs> uh uh, ju- just like in real life, whatever I have on, I have on. I, I sometimes I look at myself and I get scared. So, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I and I've been always saying that I think because our ore colors are kind of red, reddish. Mm-hmm. I, I I really feel that we should uh, uh, at least that some of us or or at some point should should have just pick a uniform and. Uh, at least uh, when we have org events be in it would be a really cool thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm not very particular what I wear. Yeah, I like the Venture Voyager. So, you know, that's my go to. But now I realized I haven't tried on that new outfit that I just got um, from being a subscriber. Oh, I think I've seen the, the sneak pre peak of those they kind of look nice yeah they look like actual uniforms so oh and i just discovered as i'm trying to change into my outfit that i don't look the same so that's interesting what's this oh my goodness i don't even know what this is I didn't, you know, I, didn't know I, had uh, I believe outfit. we said in the beginning of this episode is going to be a short one. I think this is for some reason feels like longer than all the other ones. No, it's it's about it's huh? about the same. Oh, there we go. The one I have now is is sort of like uh, it's the second Tavaran War outfit. Interesting. Okay, um, so those are all of our questions. Um, I actually don't like mixing and matching, to be honest. I like things to look very sleek. My character, the way I try to play my character is actually one that's sort of well off. So I don't like grungy looking things. I don't like anything that's uh, mismatched and like hokey looking. I like things that look kind of neat, clean and upscale. Um, But if you do, uh, that that's it for all of our questions. If you do want to submit questions for next week, um, there's three ways of doing it. There's the readcastsc at gmail.com email that you can send to. So that's R E E D C A S T S C at gmail.com. You could submit a message through anchor or on our readcast discord. Um, and if you are out there looking for an org, don't forget, uh, to take a look at Reed. We are, um, a respectful group of people, law abiding, kind of fun to hang out with, as you could probably tell by the banter between Chekhov and I, um, and Reed as always stands for research and engineering through exploration and discovery. If you want to check out any other, uh, content creators that are part of Reed, uh, you can find O-Earth 
uh, aka Earth uh, and Nets Mage on YouTube. Uh, or if you want to listen to the music that um, Admiral Cody and Calibri have been creating, uh, you can you can find them on uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, they they record all the music that we have for the episode. So that's uh, those are our content creators. Um, but everybody, thanks so much for joining us this week. It's been a whirlwind uh, as as the elections going on right now in the united states it's a little Mm -hmm. crazy so hopefully uh checkoff is preparing with the beverage as i am probably going to continue to imbibe until i can fall asleep (laughs) i'm with you it's a nail biter the red the reds and the blues i've had mine on on the side all night Uh, Um, and i feel like i have no new information than what i had before Wow. Yeah, All right. So. Well, we'll get back to it. Well, thanks, all. It was yes. nice spending time with you, as always. And we'll see you next week. We will talk to you then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>